And we're back for episode 71 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Well, when I say we're back, I'm back. I know that will excite and disappoint many of our listeners that it's just me this week. And I knew it would probably disappoint more than it would excite. So I thought I'd bring in a guest, a guest co-host. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast, Renee Gimbert. Hello, and thanks for having me. Renee, this is the first time I've done it without Mel. I know, and um, I'm actually nervous. I've got big shoes to live up to, big expectations. So wish me luck. Yep. Well, this was Mel's fear, and I'm going to put it on the podcast, that she was always scared that when she wasn't here one week, someone would come in and be so fantastic that Mel would never come back. Right. Well, here's to living up, living out your fears. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know where she is? Because, you know, it's a bit awkward. I do. Yeah. I do. Yes, I do. And I'm really bummed. Because? Timing. Oh. <laughs> for her? For me. Oh. I'm bummed for me. <laughs> no, but I definitely know where she is. Shall we share it with everyone? Yeah. So if you haven't guessed already... Mel's quit. <laughs> <laughs> and I am the better the better a co-host to take her place. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not true because Mel did have her little baby. We've got a new adventurer in the team. We do. A tiny little adventurer. Um, Wesley, a little Wesley Fraser Erbacker. We're very excited. I hope all our listeners are very excited for Mel and Adam. We send our best, but we're going to, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit for you, Renee, and listeners. For the past few months, Mel has been really excited about quitting work, and she had this, this wonderful grace period of two weeks, I think it was, where she'd finished work and then when the due date was. She had all these plans, she was going to do all these wonderful things, some of them for the podcast, I hoped, and uh, the baby came the day she finished work. Well, not quite. Not quite. Well, the day she, after. Not quite. She finished work on, on a Friday. And this is what I think is, is in true Mel style, is Wesley came on parkrun day. <laughs> <laughs> he really a, is a little parkrun adventurer. Yeah. It's great. So why I'm disappointed is, is because I can't get there to see him. Oh. <laughs> Timing, when he was due, was an ideal time for me to visit. And now, I'm not going to see him until his, well, his due date. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not all things can work out. And the reason why the timing's really bad is because, and we're going to have a theme for this week's episode, um, you're going to Cairns on the weekend to do an Ironman, or a half Ironman. Do we a call, half? We call yes. them half Ironman, Ironmans? Well, it, technically it's called a 70.3. But it is, the old name is a half Ironman. Okay. So the 70.3 refers to all the accumulated distances? Correct. Ah, there you go. And why, why the number and not the half? Because did they think the half was demeaning in some way? Or? No idea, to be honest. Okay. Um, no idea. Because 70.3, to those not in the tri-world, is a bit vague, I reckon. Right. I would prefer well, that's to be probably called. why you need to be in the tri-world. <laughs> <laughs> well, after this week, 
after this episode, I'm going to be fully immersed in the tri world. Are you? How's that? Well, because because we're catching <laughs> up with um, one of our competitors later on in the podcast, and I'm talking to you, and you're going to educate me on all things triathlon. Right. Okay. And do you think that we can convert you? I've already been there. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've threatened to go back a few times. Yep. But uh, the bike. Let, let's deal with the bike. Okay. So every discipline, you've, you've either got a, a love-hate relationship, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Which, which is your favourite? Or which is your least favourite? <laughs> Give me your least favourite to start with. <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. Because let's let's say it's my my worst. Uh, strangely enough, is running. Right. <laughs> and what do you do for I know. a job, Renee? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why it's terrible. Running, and and I suppose it's purely based on injuries that I've had, um, and and therefore I, I I have more struggles running than any of the other disciplines. Um, but I still do love running, don't get me wrong. Well, for me, it was always the bike. Hated mm-hmm. it, hated training for it. It hurt. Okay. It all hurts. Yeah, it all hurts, <laughs> but for some reason the bike hurt me more than others. It went on the longest and, yeah, just didn't enjoy it. So if they ever – I think they do, but is it an aquathon? If they ever do a swim run, is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. If they were swim a, run. Yeah. Yep. If they were big and more popular, I think I might have a crack at one of those. But, but not the bike. Well, yeah. you have to have a good relationship with your bike. So, did you have a name for your bike? I didn't. No. Well, there, there's your problem. Okay. Should I be taking notes? I think I'm going to be yes. taking notes. Okay. <laughs> you should. Number one. And then name your bike. You need to go and get a bike, and you need to name it. Right. Yes. Okay. They're very expensive too, bikes. Have you paid an exorbitant amount of money? Uh, you know what? Yes. Yes. Okay. But so someone pay a lot of no, money. No, <laughs> someone said to me one day, which is rightly so, that my bike's not worth. If someone was going to put it this way, if someone's going to steal a bike in transition. It won't be my bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you know that's a fair point. Yeah. Um. But, yes, I thought, actually, the bike was the expensive part. It's not. That's the cheap part. It's everything else that goes along with the bike that all adds up. Please explain. Oh, well, you know, you, you need to have, like, you know, matching shoes and, <laughs> and, and a matching helmet. Oh, okay. The bike you know, accessories. And yeah. The bike accessories. But then, you, you know, you need bottle cages. It doesn't. Your bike never comes with the, same, with the right amount. Then you need you know, tri bars or you need a new water bottles, all sorts of things. But yeah. then you've got your, your gear, you know, your clothing, your, your bib, your jerseys, they're not cheap. They yeah. all, it all adds up. And the swim? You got the swim covered though. Yeah, I don't mind the swim. Okay. I'm, um, I'm a very slow swimmer, but I don't care. I, I call it uh, consistent. I'm a consistent swimmer. And, and swimming's actually one thing that I, I don't mind plodding along. So... You're heading to Cairns. The other question is why? Is this going to be your first? <laughs> this is going to be my first 70.3. Yeah. And um, it could very well be my last. Time will tell. To me, it, it's a similar reason. I, I had this conversation this afternoon with my physio. 
it's a similar oh actually there's another expense that goes with on top of the bike um your physio when you become injured but so we had this conversation about why why I was doing it and it's exactly the same reason I ran my first marathon which was back in 2013 I think um in Paris expensive um but it it seems so unachievable which is what made me want to do it you know I I was never a runner I started with parkrun um I, I then went on to run further distances and then this this realization came that actually I could run a marathon and that's what made me want to do it and I was determined because it seemed unachievable it seemed like such a massive um, accomplishment for me to do it's exactly the same with the 70.3 is you know I'm a I'm <laughs> I'm not a great swimmer I'm not a great rider and I'm not a great runner so why not add them all together and try and do them all at the one time in the one day <laughs> That is a goal. <laughs> you know, it, that, that's the reason I want to do it. I wish you all the best. I think we're going to have to check in with you again next week and find <laughs> oh, out. Yes. Yes, you will. And get an update. Okay. Sounds good. More roving reports, and we love them. And we've got a roving reporter on debut, Ricky McGreevy, adventured to Ballarat, where, well, I know it's her home park run, but she was there for their anniversary and she got some reports for us. Take it away, Ricky. Hi, this is Ricky McGreevy. I'm an RD at Ballarat Park Run, and I'm here with Lou Bray, who's our Territory Director. Um, it's Ballarat's second year anniversary where the theme is gold. Hi, Lou, how are you? Yeah, good, Ricky, how are you? So your, front, your home park run is Bendigo. Yes, Bendigo. Um, and there's a bit of a rivalry between Ballarat and Bendigo that probably dates back to the uh, Gold Rush era. Yes, yes, there is. What do you think of Ballarat so far? It's cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cold. So um, you're remaining very cool. diplomatic in your answer then, not saying which is better out of... Well, I don't know, but, you know, we did have a gold theme last year and you guys are calling it up this year, so I know. <laughs> Lead by example and all that. <laughs> okay, thanks, bro. Uh, Lou, enjoy the morning. Thanks, <laughs> All right, I'm here with the one of the event directors, Bruce. Woohoo! <laughs> How many participants do you reckon there were today? Can you have a guess? Oh, look, I'm going to say we had 130, and I'm going to say that for one good reason, because we get an average of 130 every week here at Ballarat, and it's either plus five or minus five, so I'm going to say 130, Ricky. Okay, I'm going um, 130... One. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's been amazing over yep. the, um, the two years that we've been running this event. We started off with uh, big numbers, and of course, like every park run, we've dropped away a bit. Yep. Uh, our average in the first year was about 75 over the 12 months, and in the past 12 months, it's just simply been 130, 130, 130. So yeah, that's it's great. fabulous to see the growth. And all park runs seem to be the same. So yeah. yeah. What's the record? 199, which happened on our 100th event, which yes. was um, seven weeks ago when we turned 100. So. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, I like your outfit today. I just have to describe it. It's a gold um, vest. Yes. And a gold uh, jester's hat. Shake your bells for us. <laughs> um, thanks for chatting today. Thank you. Speaking of bells. Okay, so now I'm here with Tash Fraser. She's just recently won the 60K event at Great Ocean Road. How are you, Tash? 
Oh, fantastic. Now I'm getting some speed back in the legs anyway. <laughs> Good. What do you, uh, I mean, obviously you do a lot of training that would require long distances. Um, what do you like about parkrun or what's the appeal for you? I love that it's, it's for all fitness abilities, no matter if you walk or run it, it unites everybody. It's that special distance. It can be a challenge. It can be your speed work. It can be your recovery day. Yep. Or it can be your gentle walk. It's very inclusive. Yep. And I love that about it. It gets the community out and gets us all moving and interacting outdoors. Yep. And it gets us dressed up in ridiculous gold outfits. Gorgeous. All I could find was socks. You've done well. <laughs> um, well, thanks for chatting. Good luck with your training. Thank you very much. So yeah. Okay, now I'm here chatting to Sharon, Sharon and Jane. And I've just got to um, describe some of the outfits here. Just think um, Kylie's hot pants. <laughs> Need I say any more? Um, I'll start with you, Jane. What do you love about Parkrun? Um, the, the community, it's a really wonderful community. Everybody's really supportive. Um, it gives you a reason to get up on a Saturday morning, even when it's yep, really cold, definitely. because you know that you've got people that um, you meet every week, and if you don't turn up, then the next week they're like, oh, yeah, where, you were, where, you? where were you? Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, no, it's just a pretty amazing, supportive community, is what Good. I get from it. And how'd you go today? Oh, I think I did a PB for a long time. Oh, well done. <laughs> um, yeah, Excellent. so push real hard, not looking at my watch anymore, so yeah. I'm just going by feel. Okay, yeah, good plan. Hmm. And Sharon and Sharon, you're always partners in crime, I, <laughs> I feel. How'd you go today? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I'm seconds off my PB, so oh, really happy about that. Yep, and what do you love about parkrun? I think the older you get, the more motivated you are, and this motivates me every Saturday morning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, good one. Yeah. And the other Sharon, how'd you oh, go today? Yeah, I was quite happy. It's a bit cold, but good. Yeah, a bit fresh today. Not as bad as what they were predicting, though. No, they were going to say negative three, but I think it was like <laughs> one or something. So. Yeah, warm. Yeah. Um, and have you done any parkrun touristing before? Uh, yes, I've been in um, Ballarat, uh, Bendigo. And that was yeah. And what do you think? Smell her at the best park run? Of course it is. Of course. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. No You're worries. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm here now with John Goodwin, who is um, another event director here at Ballarat, and he was part of the team who set up park run here. Um, how do you feel about seeing it, seeing the two-year anniversary? Uh, Ricky, it's, it's been an amazing two years, really, and if we look back at where we started... Um, with an average of maybe only 60 or 70 runners uh, each week and then over the two years we've now grown to where we've now had our peak at 200 and regularly 140 or more runners here it's uh, absolutely fantastic and in particular we've now got uh, babies in prams right through to people who are in their 70s coaching 80s I think in some cases here uh, getting up each Saturday uh, putting on their gear coming down and um, putting in 5k and it's uh, it's good fun and had a lot of fun along the way in the two years hopefully we'll have another good couple of years ahead of us indeed and it was a fun day today um, and can you please just describe for us your um, costume uh, yes I managed to escape any photos I think <laughs> uh, for evidence but I had, a nice, <laughs> I had a nice uh, gold grass skirt and then a beautiful uh, princess from frozen wig which was just <laughs> made me look fantastic and you did you looked very beautiful thank you John thank you Ricky Okay, well, that's everything from Ballarat Park Run. We've had a great day. We saw some great gold costumes. Um, everyone was in good spirits and everyone's off to coffee now. So we'll catch you later. Bye.
So we like to talk a lot about running on this podcast, but every now and then we like to speak to people who do running plus extras. And with the Cairns Ironman coming up this week and with Renee on the program, I thought let's chat to one of the elites in this country. So welcome to the podcast, Clayton Fattel. Thank you. Good to be here. Now, Clayton, you recently had a lot of success at Ironman Australia. You finished third. How did that uh, event unfold for you? Were you happy with third? Yeah, I was happy with the performance. Um, I finished third the previous year, but unlike last year, everything didn't quite go as smoothly as the previous year. I um, had a few mechanical issues out on the bike and um, I had two two chances. I changed off twice and a broken aero bar. So the last 35 kilometres of the bike, I was holding one of my aero bars and just kind of nursing at home back to T2 transition and, and get ready for the run. So I still had the quickest bike split. So to be able to, 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 to do that with with what happened to me out on the course, I was, I was happy to get through that. But onto the run, I actually started really well the first five, six Ks and then had a bit of a hurdle with my stomach, had a bit of a nutrition problem where I had some cramping in my gut and actually stood on the side of the road contemplating even finishing in the race. I was kind of walking backwards and forth for a couple of minutes thinking, oh, I'm, I'm done, my guts are no good. And um, I started taking, I thought, you know what, I can walk. So I started walking and, you know, I walked for about a minute and I thought, oh, I could probably start jogging. I started jogging and, and you know, within a few minutes, I was, I was back in the race. I was, I was still leading by a small margin. Um, but I had, to, I had to get through that really dark patch and I ended up running quite a marathon and hang on for third. So for me, um, I'm actually at the other end of of the scale where I'm one of the slower people. So for me to hear, you know, that that you stop and walk and then you still podium um, is amazing. I I love that. But my question is, um, you you said you had stomach issues. Is that is that do you think based on you've done you've used different nutrition or do you use the same nutrition regardless for all your races? Um, yeah, I mean, getting back to the, um, the pain of Ironman, I think it's all, it's the speed's relative, the pain's relative to the, to, to every, everyone's got their, their same story. Um, yeah, as far as nutrition's concerned, I think it's just the nature of the beast. Um, I mean, I do have a, a quite a sensitive gut and I have to try and keep my tr- nutrition really simple. And for me, that's, you know, I've tried an error, a million different things. I've tried different diets, different salt concentrations, different carbohydrate contents versus protein. And for me, what works is three gels per hour on the bike. So you ride for four to four and a half hours. So and it's what, 15 gels out on the bike or more, up to 18, you know, if it's a hilly, hilly slower course. So, so for me, I just stick to shots nutrition. It's simple. It's, it's digestible for me, but I do think that, you know, everyone out there has a different nutrition plan and, and that can only be discovered in training. You have to, you have to train at race pace and you have to trial different nutrition to find what works for your body. And this is one of the fascinating things about Ironman because because it's such a long and intense event, you, you can't really prepare for race day, or can you? No, not really. I think I think um, what, what I like to do is I like to try and find a few races leading into the event. You know, because you can't... 
I mean, if you can, you're, you're going to go a long way in the sport. But I personally find it really hard to go to that same level in training. I think I have to have a race to get that peak fitness hit out. And is that why I looked at your calendar? Like, you do a lot of races throughout the year. I mean, you race in Cairns again this weekend. Is that the philosophy there? Yes, yeah, so my, my two big races, I've got three big races of the season, and I find that I can peak usually twice a year, three times if I'm lucky. So I'll sit down at the start of the year and go, I want to be the big goals away, so October. I want to be good in October, which is the Ironman World Championships. And for us as elites, we have to qualify. So I pick two Ironmans. I, can put, I want to perform well. So for me, that's Ironman Australia and Cairns. So I want to be good in June. So you've got to work around those peaks. So you've got leading periods where you do hit-out races, you know, heavy training blocks. And then on the other side of the races, you need to ta- you know, throw in taper periods as well on the on the front end of those races. So it's it's a bit of a jigsaw, but, um, yeah, I'm starting to figure it out after 13 years racing professionally. What, what made you get into into triathlon? What, how did you start? Uh, so my parents managed us. They still manage a swimming pool. I grew up in Austinville, small town on the New South Wales North Coast and I live 15 minutes down the road from there now um, so I, I actually grew up across the road from the swimming pool um, it's my swimming being my best discipline so I always wanted to be a water polo player uh, I had a, had a bit of an eye issue in year 12 when I was about 17, 18 and I prevented me from playing complex I always dabbled in triathlon in my first triathlon when I was nine uh, the Lennox Head Triathlon, and I loved it. I did it on a mountain bike, and then, you know, from there I went to a hybrid bike, and you know, I got a little bit faster, and then I begged for a, a road bike when I was about 14, and, you know, Dad took me riding, and I think he ended up getting a little bit fitter from my hobby. And, yeah, one thing went to the next, and triathlon and water polo have both gone really well, and I thought, you know, I'm going to have to pick a sport here, and and the eye issue kind of forced triathlon on me. I didn't have the choice. I thought, I only had triathlon as my only option, so... You obviously do a lot of training. What does your weekly workload look like? Like a sample, like a standard weekly training load? What sort of Ks are you doing yeah, on so, the bike and on the road? Yeah, so I try, I try and work off hours. When I was a little bit younger, I used to I used to do big, big hours where I'd do, you know, north of 40 hours a week. Because it is, it's, it is a full-time job. It's a nine-to-five, if you like, it's 40-hour weeks. Um... Now I'm getting a little bit older and a little bit more specific with my training, a little bit smarter. Um, I do probably anywhere from 26 to 35 hours per week. So, if and then, then I have the the recovery period, which are nice. After a race, I'll do you know, eight hour, ten hour week. I just keep the body moving through, so I don't completely shut down before I go into my next workload. But as far as volumes are concerned, swim anywhere from 15 to 30k a week um bike can be anywhere from four six seven i've done eight i've done a thousand kilometer weeks but yeah standard week would be about five six hundred k's and then the run ranges from about 70 to 90 k's and then and then again if i have big run blocks i'll I'll push it north of 100 i'm in awe of the amount that you train i am I'm training for cans myself, but certainly not doing those hours. So as I said before, I'm sort of at the different a different end of the spectrum to where you are. 
looking at your port map time um, for the full marathon, sorry, the full Ironman, I'm hoping to do somewhere in the vicinity, you know, like an hour quicker than that for a half Ironman. So that gives you some context into what I'm doing. I just want to sort of finish before the cutoff. So what what sort of advice have you got for people coming into the sport or first-time people, um, you know, first-timers competing in, in you know, longer distances? I'm, I'm going from, you know, an Olympic distance up to 70.3. What sort of advice have you got? The best piece of advice I can say to people doing this in this race is, is stick to your plan. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an individual journey. And, and even from my perspective in my race, it's, it's, a, it's, it is, it's my own journey. I can't focus on what the other guys are doing around me because I can't control that. Um, I find once I start worrying about what, you know, the guy next to me is doing, that's when my race, yeah, it, it ends up going quite bad. Um, so for people doing their first race, don't have an expectation. Just, you have to eliminate the expectation and enjoy the pass. So it might just be finishing. It might be making the start line. I find, you know, you, I might coach a few anxious athletes that decide they want to pull out race week, and I take the race out of the equation. I say, hey, let's just let's just turn up at the race site. So you know, I get them to the race site. Let's, let's turn up at the start line. So I get them to the start line, and then. I guarantee you, once that gun goes, they're fine. So sometimes you just have to lessen the expectation and just and just go with the flow a little bit. Excellent. I'm um, both nervous and excited at the same time, and and I'm I'm sure that 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 still happens for um, pros like yourself as well. Do you find that you you get to the start line and you're you're both excited and nervous at the same time? Yeah, it's it's funny that, that question because I I go through I go through you know, bouts of anxiety led into events and it's usually a fortnight before. Um, you know, I start questioning if I've done the work and and the reality of it is for for us as professionals is it's for me it's how I pay the mortgage. It's, it's how we put food on the table. Um, so there's a lot riding on the event. And it's it's tough, you know, but you have to it's just it's just reassurance. You have to look back at the training you've done and 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 with training it's you know, it's completion equals confidence. So you have to do your training. You have to trust your coach, trust your journey. And, yeah, of course, you're going to be nervous. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's also a nice feeling. Nerves nerves and excitement, you know, they, they fringe a very fine line of, of being the same thing. So you say that you do it, you know, you've got to pay the bills. That That's how it, it works as a professional. But do you still love it? Do you still you don't find it a chore? You, you still do it because you you want to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I wanted to be a businessman, I certainly wouldn't have chosen triathlon. I love the sport. It's it's I get by from triathlon. It's it's not a sport where you make a lot. It's not golf. It's not tennis. I I love it. It's especially long course. I think you, you get something different from every single event. And unlike a lot of professional sports we get to compete on the same stage as, as age groupers. So, you know, to see, I, I mean, it, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, at the end of the day, I love it. And the journey is exactly the same for me. And the fact that the guy that goes 17 hours, it's, it's no different. It's, it's hard. It's the same stuff, you know, wake up early. What do I eat? Did I get enough sleep last night? What times my waves go? What colour cap? What 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 leg does the chip go? It's exactly the same, and the pain's the same. Um, so to share it, it's, it's a nice experience, and 
you know, I, I love that more so than the the racing itself. Awesome. Clayton, we wish you all the best for Cairns this weekend. But before we let you go, Parkrun has moved into your neighbourhood. Ballina Coast launched a couple of weeks ago. I hope you're going to go and check it out. Mate, I think we are. My, uh, my wife's putting the hard word on me. We've, we've actually got a, a, a baby boy now. He's eight months old and I think he, he's ready to graduate to the running pram. So I think we might uh, pop down there one morning. Well, we're pram friendly. I just wonder, is 5K too short? <laughs> um, <laughs> mate, my wife's actually a good runner. I did a half marathon with her last weekend and She's a bit of a diesel. I, I am also a diesel, but I back myself against her over a short distance. I'm, I'm quite happy about it. Well, we look forward to seeing you at Ballina Coast in the uh, next few weeks. And thanks for coming on the Parkrun Adventurers and sharing us a bit of thanks. insight into the triathlon world in Australia. Uh, thanks for having me, Good luck guys. in Cairns. Thank you for that. Okay, we've got a real Queensland theme to the podcast this week, and we're venturing, adventuring over to Coomera Park Run, one of the very first events to launch here in Australia. And welcome to the podcast, Gavin Matheson, the ED at Coomera. Hi. Hi, how are you going? I'm great. I'm great, Gavin. What's happening at Coomera at the moment? It's been around for a while. Is it still kicking on strong? It has. It is. No, it's getting bigger and better each week. And we're approaching rapidly our fifth birthday, which is next month. And um, so we're starting to that me and my run directors are starting to think about whether we'll do a theme for that. And we've done quite a few themes in the past, so it's trying to top last year's or the year before, as I think. So it's yeah, getting a bit difficult to try and get a new top and um, new theme. What better than having one Kumara event director on the phone? You've now got two. <laughs> We've got well, the uh, founding, <laughs> the founding. I'd like to say, founding event director of Coomera. He was quick to come in with the X there, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. I think he, he loves getting rid of me, um, but he can't get rid of me that easily. Gavin, what no. made you get involved yeah. in Coomera Park Run? Look, to be honest, Park Run I got involved in at, at the start with Main Beach. Um, I ran there a few times. I knew a friend that ran there. Uh, unfortunately, I got introduced to a couple of people there that were that were starting up a new park run. Um, and at that time, I actually had a little bit of an incident where I'd run my first marathon and had a heart attack. So I wasn't running for a few weeks. So my wife and I headed along to a new park run at Kumara, and I volunteered on the very first week. And then the very bossy event directors there kind of got me hooked. And I kind of volunteered week after week and probably about week three or four, I think it was, and we had a discussion about whether they needed a new run director, and I put my hand up, and I was locked in from there in. Gavin, we've got different recollections of the story, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway. Can I go back? Did you say you had a heart attack, Gavin? (laughs) I did. I did. I was very, like, I trained a lot for the marathon, and probably about a month before the marathon, being the great uncle that I am, I looked after my three nephews, one of which was very sick with a flu, and which I very quickly developed. And it probably took about three weeks to think that I got over it. But during the marathon, I was obviously a lot sicker than I thought. And yeah, I had a little bit of a turn at about 32 kilometers. 
Um, but I pushed through and finished it and went straight through the finishing line into an ambulance, sirens blaring everything back over to the hospital. But everything was good. After a, a night in the hospital on cardiac wards and probably about two months, I think it was, doing not much at all, I was up and running again. What advice would you have for anyone that um, experiences chest pain whilst running? I would say make sure you get lots of high fives to keep pushing to the end and then see medical <laughs> And, right, so that might be running a marathon. Gavin, if something like that happened at Parkrun, I hope you would have a different response. Yes. Now that especially <laughs> since all of our Gold Coast Parkruns have these fibs, um, it's something that all our event directors and run directors are trained in. So seek help from one of them immediately. What what sort of numbers do you get these days at Coomera? Look, we're kind of around about that 110 to sometimes as much as 130, 140, which is a really good number for us, especially since we've got a few narrower points and bridges, which the ex-event director was always trying to get me to build a new bridge, but I'm not that skilled. Um, so those numbers are good. And, and, and it's great because we're a double loop. So those numbers are good because we always see each other and high five. I'm a great believer of the high five. And so, yeah, it's good to see the kids running and doing those loops. So you've got a good family atmosphere there. I know you've got two young children yourself. I do. I do. No, we do. It's The area is probably about the seven, five, seven years old. And so it's a lot of new housing around that area. So it's a lot of people that have moved in with families. And so we've got lots of kids. We've got lots of parents. And it's interesting to see some of the kids grow up as well. The other day we were looking through some older pictures and you see picture, kids that have grown two or three foot over the five years and it's amazing to see how far they've grown and how fast they're getting as well, which is a bit scary, especially for us people approaching the 40s that are getting no faster and still trying to chase after that PB that's maybe two, three, four years old. But, you know, it's great to see the kids get on and, and really enjoy it. I mentioned in the intro that you've been around for a while now. Have you still got people coming from, like, the early days, the first few weeks? Oh, we've still got people that ran week one. Um, there's probably a handful of them that are still there. Um, and like I said, it's, they, they brought along the kids that were in strollers and now the kids are five, six, seven years old that are running themselves. So that, that really, really makes me proud that we can see that the families are involved and that the kids want to do it. They're not the ones that are dragged along crying anymore. They're actually out there dragging mum and dad along. So it, it's a great community event, and we, I, I totally agree. I helped build it. But what I want to know is do you get many, many tourists, many parkrun adventurers coming to visit? We do. We've had recently we've had quite a few people from England. We, there seems to be a sort of an English community there. So people that have come across and visiting relatives. They've been there. We've had a few people from Germany and we've had some people from South Africa recently and also with the, a few events on the southern Brisbane end have been flooded out with Cyclone Debbie. So a lot of them have been coming down to us because um, we're kind of the next closest south. Um, so a lot of them have come round to us. Anyone coming because you start with the letter C? We do actually. Um, Gary Nesbitt. Um, he brought along his grandchildren, I think they were, that had ran the four C's. So they'd ran four events. Oh, no, sorry, seven C's. So seven events beginning, beginning with C. So that happened recently. 
See, I told you, Renee, she didn't believe me. <laughs> so, Gavin, I was up on the Gold Coast on the weekend, and I had the choice of the entire Gold Coast to go to. And I did mention that maybe we could go to Coomera and sail one of those seas, but we never made it. So, you never made it? No. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Well, it's an excuse to come back. I'm, I'm glad to hear that the Pirate Club is, is trending, so, so people are. Have you got your anniversary coming up? We do. So 22nd of July is our anniversary. Um, so, we, yeah, like I said earlier, we're trying to think of a theme. We've had, in the past, we've had superheroes. We've had crazy hair, which is a bit ironic since I don't have a lot of that. Um, what else have we had, Renee? We've, we did a we club. Did. Um, wear, wear your club colours. Everyone's got club yep. colours. Yep, and we, we obviously we've done the Halloween themes at Halloween, um, and Christmas themes. We've got one of our run directors, Mark, who's quite appropriate to dress up as Santa. Um, I'm not commenting on his shape, but we'll just leave that unsaid. <laughs> so yeah, Mark always dresses up as Santa, and always regrets it about probably the halfway through the first look that he's dressed in gumboots and crushed red velvet. Um, especially in December in Queensland, it gets quite hot. Um, but, yeah, no, we, we do a lot of different things like that when we can. We do a, a Hawaiian theme once, Renee, remember, when one of our runners was going to Kona to do the Ironman. We did a Hawaiian theme for her to celebrate her going off. We did, and I love it because we've just been speaking about triathlon. This is brilliant. Oh. There's your next I thing. wonder who's doing a triathlon soon. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> yes. The whole, th- All right. the whole theme so of this what? podcast is the Renee Gimbert hour. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so do, do people still... Having known Renee I'm sorry, for six Mel, years. I love you. <laughs> yeah, having known Renee for six years, the whole six years has been Renee Gimbert hour. Well, that, that's my next question. So do people still know who she is when, when, when she comes back to Coomera? They do, and she still introduces herself as Renee from Parkrun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What what are the options that you've got for your your dress up? What a what are people? What are the ideas on the table? Look, we were thinking possibly these rock and roll or music themes. Um, we were thinking of maybe picking a letter. I'm not sure which letter that would be, but we we're thinking of that or W. Um, I was picking w. the letter W. Yeah. Why W? W for Wesley. There you go. I think that's brilliant. (laughs) Gavin's got no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Gavin's clueless. (laughs) So I'm here this week uh, because Mel is with Wesley, Mel's um, little boy, uh, which we announced earlier on the show, came on Parkrun Day. So little Wesley I think would be – the perfect opportunity to have, like, a Wesley day for Kumara's yeah. fifth birthday. That sounds awesome. But w. also Parkrun babies are the best babies. My little boy was born on Parkrun day, and that particular Parkrun day I was meant to be taking all the flags and tokens down to Varsity Lakes for their launch day. So at 3 o'clock, I had to send a text message to Renee, very encrypted text message because no one knew, knew saying everything's at the back, can you please come and pick it up on your way through? <laughs> so this is this is what I love about our volunteers is how committed they are. And Scott and I had talked about this earlier. So Mel had, whilst 
in Labor has been organising parkrun things and even today has been <laughs> talking to Scott about not being available tonight, which we we knew would be the case. Um, but I love how dedicated our volunteers are that in the middle of, you know, having babies or emergencies, they're thinking about parkrun. Yes. Or is it just that we're too scared of you and A not to do it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got no comment on that. I know Mel just loves parkrun, <laughs> and I'm sure you do too, Gavin. I do, I do. And talking about loving parkrun, when I was talking to my son this just before we put him to bed, and I said, I'm going to get a phone call. We have to hurry up because I'm going to get a phone call just to talk about parkrun. And he said, oh, what are, we going to t- what are you going to talk about? I said, oh, Renee's going to phone me probably, and we're just going to have a chat about what we like about parkrun. And I said, what, what should I say? And his things was, well, we go every Saturday, we volunteer, we have fun, and then we go and have breakfast. So that's what he <laughs> thinks about Parkrun. He summed it up beautifully. He does. I love it. Gavin, thanks heaps for coming on and sharing some tales from Coomera this week. Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Dr. Scott, who we heard from a couple of weeks ago, he was in America cracking jokes with the team over there. Well, I don't think he was cracking as many jokes this week, or last week, when he visited Junior Park Run. But he did file us a report, a roving report. Let's see what he found out about Junior Park Run. So it's Scott Watkins here reporting in for the Park Run Adventurers once again. And when I last spoke with you, I was in Washington, D.C., Since then, I had a quick trip to India, but have now made it to the UK. And on Saturday, I had the pleasure of scanning my barcode at Bushy Parkrun, the first ever parkrun. It was a great experience, and it was a beautiful course. I enjoyed great time. But I thought I couldn't really top PK's report from back there last year. So I decided that here in the UK, what I'd report in on is what I did on Sunday. And that's today, and that's I visited Mormead Junior Parkrun. So Junior Parkrun is uh, an event here in the UK that takes place on Sundays and it's a, uh, a parallel series that is specifically for juniors. So this is what I found out about Junior Parkrun. So I'm here with Helen Hood, who's the head of event delivery for Parkrun in the UK. Helen, what's Junior Parkrun? So Junior Parkrun is basically the younger version of Parkrun um, and it's for age 4 to 14 year olds um, so they can do it till the day before the 15th birthday. It's a 2k um, run, walk, jog or volunteer on a Sunday morning, always at 9 o'clock and it's incredibly good fun. And it looks pretty awesome. It is. And uh, my favourite thing is to do the warm-up, just to get them ready for, for the morning. And the great thing about it as well, it's all over within about half an hour, so it's not a big chunk of your day. It's a great start to the day, get the kids outside, having a bit of fun, joining in. And how slowly did it grow here? Um, it, well, it was rebranded as a weekly event, I think, in November 2000. 15 was it or maybe 14 and um, it started quite slowly and I think we're over about 160 events now but um, I haven't looked this week. Wow that's <laughs> awesome thank you thanks for talking with us. It's a pleasure. So I'm here with William. William does junior parkrun every week and what's your favourite thing about junior parkrun? Doing the sprint at the end. And how many junior parkruns have you done? 75. 75. Wow. Well done, William. 
Thanks for talking to the Parkrun Adventurers. I'm here with Gabriel. Gabriel, how many parkruns have you done? Fifteen. Fifteen. And which one's your favourite one so far? Probably this one because I've got a new PB. Did you get that today? Yeah. How, and how fast did you do that today? 9.31. Wow, that's very fast. And what's your favourite part about Junior Park Run? Probably because um, they time you. And I used to do one where they, um, they didn't time you, but they just saw how many laps you've done. And I like it because they encourage you and it helps you break record, your records. And have you made some new friends here? Yes. I've, I've, um, I've met old friends and made new friends. And you told me before that one of your friends moved to Australia. But yeah. Did they? Um, yeah, they did. Where, do you know where they moved to? Sydney. Okay, so we're going to hopefully start Junior Park Run soon. Would you like to come out and do a Junior Park Run there? Maybe. And what's your friend's name? Um, Annabelle. Annabelle. Okay, well, Annabelle, Gabriel's going to come and do Junior Park Run with you in Sydney. Deal? Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for talking to us today. Keep enjoying Park Run. Okay. So now I'm here with Joe. And Joe, what's your role with Junior Park Run? Well, I help the teams that want to start a Junior Park Run to do that. And I um, help specifically at Mormead Juniors, as often as I possibly can. Um, and I answer any queries from any of the teams that, about anything to do with Parkrun or Junior Parkrun, really. Great. And what's your favourite thing about Junior Parkrun? Well, we've got a little saying, which is, it's a run, not a race, with a smile on your face. So I love to marshal here, and I love to congratulate the runners for smiling as well as running as they go round and give them a nice big high five. Great. It was a fantastic event. Thanks for everything you do. My pleasure. So I'm here with Claire and Maisie now. Claire, what's your role with park, with Junior Park Run or Park Run in general? Uh, I'm the safeguarding lead for Park Run UK, so that includes Junior Park Run as well. So what does that involve? So uh, making sure all the criminal record checks are processed <laughs> and in place properly, dealing with all the incidents that get reported in, uh, making sure everybody's happy, uh, making sure all our policies are up to date and that we're all sort of sticking within the law and anything else that comes my way, really. And what's your favourite thing about the Junior Park Run event? Uh, <laughs> this is amazing. Chocolate! <laughs> Is that your favourite thing? Uh, I, the nicest thing about juniors is the look on their faces because they are so happy and it is such yeah. a, it's such a difference yeah. to seeing the adults yeah. running around on a Saturday who are looking sort of miserable and tired and the children smile all the way around. Right. <laughs> Can you and, say hello, please? And Maisie, you're looking forward to starting Junior Park Run next year, are you? Yeah. How old are you now? Three. And when's your birthday? In December. December. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we look forward to seeing you scan your barcode for the first time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Now, Renee, are you excited about Junior Park Run coming to Australia? Are we ready to announce anything right here on the podcast right now? We can announce that it is coming. <sighs> <laughs> we can announce that it's coming this year. It's coming. 2017. Really soon, or we're we gonna to have to wait until later. Or uh, we're gonna, we don't. I don't have a date that that I can put out yet. But what I can say is, that it's so important that we get this right 
we're dealing with children here that we need to ensure that all of our processes are perfect before we launch. And um, we are working on those at the moment. And um, within the coming months, well, actually within the coming weeks, we will be able to launch um, the details of, of, you know, a launch um, and, and launch a date. But we're still busy working on that in the background. So sit tight for another couple of weeks and then uh, we can reveal more information. Very exciting. We're down to weeks, people. So it's coming. Now, what also is coming this weekend? We've got two new events joining the family. Coffs Harbour in New South Wales and Redland Bay in Queensland. Redland Bay, is that anywhere there near is, you? It is in Brisbane. It's a Brisbane, Brisbane event, uh, so fairly close to me. It'll be one on my one on my list. You never know. It could be one uh, for me to join the Pirate Club. Well, there's your R taken care of right there. There is. There is. That's handy. Um, and and speaking, speaking of the Pirate Club, Coffs Harbour, another yeah. sea. It's, now, it's a pirate kind of week. <laughs> is this any coincidence? The Pirate Club was launched, you know, a couple of months ago. These events were probably named a couple of months ago. You know, I know Coffs Harbour is uh, a big town, but surely that was the reasoning behind no. it. They just wanted to. Most, most definitely. Yeah. But I can tell you, Coffs Harbour has been a long time in the making. We're talking over 12 months worth of back and forth approvals, courses, that sort of thing. So, for the, the guys down in Coffs Harbour, they've done a great job in, you know, working so hard on this and persisting to get it to um, to launch stage for this weekend. That that whole area is, is doing really well. I mean, we spoke to Clayton. He's got a park run near him now with Ballina, um, with Coffs coming on. It's It was a slow to grow, that area, but now we're, they're going crazy. Mm. Most definitely. And it's been very well needed, especially for people that drive the, down the coast, um, myself included. You know, we used to go for hours before there was a park run and now we're slowly plodding along the, along the coastline there. So it's very exciting. Hmm. Now, what is also exciting are anniversaries. Now, I've been playing around with this in the past couple of weeks. We went to not announcing them, to just announcing first anniversaries. But I'm going back to telling everyone about all anniversaries this week. So if you want to grab some cake, you will head to Frog Hollow in Victoria. Gundawindi in Queensland. Mitchelton also in Queensland. Newey in New South Wales. And Shell Harbour to round out New South Wales. Couple of big ones there. I know Newey will be massive. Shell Harbour is one of the most popular park runs going around. It's an exciting week. Most definitely, mm. there will be lots of cake. Now, Renee, thanks for joining me this week. You filled in for this week. We, we don't know. You might be back next week and the week after. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I'd love to come back, Mel. I'm keeping your seat warm while you're gone. Uh, don't get scared. I will jump out of your seat when you're back on deck. Uh, but we hope that you enjoy this time with little Wesley. And until you come back, um, I'm sure you will be very well missed. But before we go, Scotty, tell me, what are you doing next Park Run Day? Well, the next one is a bit exciting for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of the country. So I'm going to be doing, firstly, my first international park run, which I got to uh, 160 on Saturday. Done 160 park runs. I ran at Main Beach, 
So I finally ticked that off my list. Brilliant. Going to the home of Parkrun in Australia. And then next week I get to go to the home of Parkrun globally. I'm going to run a bushy. Brilliant. Very exciting. I'm hoping to see some deer. (laughs) You'll see the signs. Yep. And, you know, maybe see the the tree that's like the Parkrun logo and have a discussion with Danny about that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I wonder if PSH is going to be there. Don't know. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Tell me this. How many people do you think will be there? Have it a guess. Well, it's an educated guess because I looked it up on the weekend. They had about 1,200. <laughs> yeah. So that's also going to be exciting because the biggest park run I've been a part of was the Nitro Park Run earlier this year. You were there also. I was. And uh, like 1,200 or 1,000 is, is a bit of a different vibe than 150 or 200 that I'm used to. This is true. It, uh, I've been to Bushy. Uh, when I went, there were just under 1,000. I think there was 997. I came in about 500 and something. Um, but it, it's a wonderful experience. Um, the people that you meet there, I've, I've actually kept in touch with all of the people that I met there and, and went to breakfast with after, and, you know, I, I love it. I, it's it, a brilliant park run. Hmm. There's one group um, of, of park runners that go to Bushy most weeks, and after the run they have champagne, and I love that. I think that's brilliant. Yep. Well, I don't like champagne, but I love the idea that people – is it a celebration champagne or is it just drunks in the morning? It's a celebration. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I love that they're, they're celebrating Parkrun every week. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It is definitely a celebration. And um, if you're not going to have a glass, save me a glass. Okay. I will. So that's next week. So, again, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants again next week. I'll be out of the country. I think we're going to have a podcast next week. But don't hold us to it. Just have to wait and see. Keep checking that Facebook page and that uh, iTunes feed. Episode 72. 